Welcome to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast, where every week we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under, with your hosts and licensed funeral directors, Victor Rubio and Natalie Willis. Victor Rubio. I'm Natalie Willis. And this is episode two of season five of Six Feet Under, titled Dancing for Me. Uh, This is, I guess now after this, we'd have 10 more of these episode podcasts. 10 more um, times that I get to be with my bestie. Right. Um, That's you. Probably minus one because Marissa's going to be on an episode. So, (laughs) So nine more for you. Um... So, in New York, there are five boroughs, Staten Island, Manhattan, <laughs> Queens, Brooklyn, and then the Bronx. Yes. You shared with me some very... It's actually very interesting. Today, I've been... If I could okay. introduce it. <laughs> if I could just plug <laughs> if you just slow down. this time. If you could slow down for a second. Um, <laughs> I always ask the question, why is it called the Bronx? Mm-hmm. I think I asked that maybe a year, maybe two years ago. <laughs> you barreled into my apartment like the SWAT team. <laughs> And had some information regarding as to why it's called the Bronx. I've never been so excited to have this information. Please enlighten us. Well, and the audience. My personal hero, one of the many, Anthony Bourdain. Is your hero. Of Parts Unknown. Love him. Got it. Also follow him on Instagram. Good pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in the Bronx. I think this was circa 2015. The Bronx is named after the Bronx River. Got it. Okay. That's why you don't call it the Staten Island, the Manhattan it's the Bronx and then Manhattan and Staten Island. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And you, you just got learned. I just got learned. I Not, no, excited. the audience just got learned. You oh, learned yeah. us. It was you very, learned and us. They have excellent food in the Bronx. <laughs> For those of you that live in New York, y'all should go on over to the Bronx. Now, they say if you take the second train and the seventh train, it will take you all the way to the end. I don't know if it's called the seventh. <laughs> like, I thought it was called like the sixth. Didn't JLo do a sixth? Uh, no, I know, but it sounded like you said seventh, like seventh? TH. Yeah, you take seven. the seven. I don't think you say you take oh, you the seven. Oh, oh, really? You, you say like I take the seven up you there. You don't say I take the seventh train to no, the Bronx? No, I just got learned. Yeah, you did just get <laughs> learned. Uh, also, while we're at it, you we had a conversation during the week that you psychic genes run in your oh, family. Oh, God. So I would like you for no, the please. I'm avoiding this. Nope, moving on. No, you have psychic genes in your family. I would like for you to explain a time that you were able to predict or sense something. You want me to tell you the time that I... God, why are we doing this? To make fun of me? Yes. I mean, a little bit, but... <laughs> You're so cruel. Um, okay, I'll tell, I'll tell a story. You want to okay. hear it? Make it short. I don't tell short stories. You know that. Okay. All right. Get to like the end Cliff part. Notes. Here okay. we go. I was 12... I lived <laughs> okay, so you're psych- <laughs> you had psychic genes since you were 12. And you- okay, that go on. Good. I lived... Oh, I'll- oh, you know what? This is even a better version. My mother... When I had pneumonia at the age of like six or seven, my mother said that I sat up straight from the bed and I looked at her and I said, Natalie's not here. <laughs> and then I went back to sleep. Is that proof <laughs> that you have psychic genes? Yes. 
done. Great. Moving on. Short story. Great. Uh, <laughs> on the American Beauty podcast, I was offering up $20 to anyone who can, who can find any information of people who did not believe what the ending was. The closest we got, we had uh, a friend, Crystal, on Facebook send me something. Did and you Venmo her money? I did not because it was the closest thing to who else could have been the killer or somewhere in there of. That's, you know what? You should still send her that money. Yeah, and that was four years after the fact. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, in the middle of whatever. Uh, so I'll up that to $40 for one week. Other than that, um, great. I would have sent her that $20. Okay, well, you can go do that. Well, I don't have $20, <laughs> so it's the thought that counts. <laughs> so uh, to get to, oh, man, you know, there was, oh, uh, that's what I wanted to say as well. We are now on Instagram. And it seems like we gained some traction from Instagram. So anyone who started following us, we are on Instagram at Digging Podcast. Oh, I, could, I could sense it. <laughs> and Natalie is at Nat Loves wait, Duncan. Wait, wait, wait. She's sitting here with red beams in her eyes. May I ask you a question? That's because yeah. I have the vague vapor rub on my face. May I ask you a question? That's After this sentence, are we done making fun of me for the night? No. Okay. <laughs> Great. Uh, so yeah, we're on Instagram. So go ahead, check us out. I mean, I kind of post the same stuff I post on Facebook. Uh, but if you were more of an Instagram person than a Facebook and yeah, I've been getting a lot of messages this week, just talking with people who kind of just discovered the podcast and it's been really cool. Uh, we can get into today's episode dancing for me. I knew you were going to say we're going to do this. The episode? Yes. Yeah, so psychic. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> Proof. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I had the, the, the thought is, and this is not a good medium for it being that we're doing an audio medium. Uh, in my head, I have completely what the idea of this episode is. It's hard for me to totally translate it. Um, but the idea of dancing for me and everything, do you have anything in terms of theme or like what happens in this episode with that term dancing for me? No, I never do. <laughs> I don't have... I'm missing this gene. I can't pick up on this stuff. I... Uh, the Maya said, I'm dancing for me. Right. And it sounded like, you know, she's doing it for herself. And I'm sure through all the things like what Nate was talking about at the bar and whatnot. Right. About live life. Be happy. Do you. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what it meant. Yeah? I, I just... I think in this episode, we find that a lot of people... Things are not as they seem. Mm -hmm. Do you not pick up on that? Yes, in terms no, I, I picked up on that. <laughs> you didn't? Yeah. Think about having a Brenda, psychic gene as I lose yeah. my creativity gene. <laughs> Brenda, so you're Billy. Without, <laughs> without your medicine and your... Um, no, but basically Brenda, the the free clinic, is totally not what she seems. She has to go back. Mm -hmm. Rico, she thinks uh, Pam Beasley's totally into him. Yeah. And totally not. <laughs> uh, I guess Ruth being married to George kind of finds out she needs whoever else. And I don't know. I mean, I guess this this um, Nate's friend. I forget his name in the episode. I call oh, Tom. Tom. Yeah. Um, you know, he thinks this is what forty is like, and it turns out it's totally not. But l l let's let's get into the episode. This is Sam, who's dying now. Boy, this is the laziest way to die. <laughs> Just, okay. Don't you think? You well, put that to, in part? to set it up, to set it up, uh, a gentleman gets out of, backs out of his garage, Oof. opens the car door. He's in his Ford excursion, tries to get the paper, falls out of his car, rolls over his own head. No, not his head. He rolled over his chest. He died of his head. trauma. No, you even see him when they're prepping him. He has no trauma damage I thought to it his was, head. I thought it was over his head. He ran, rolled over his chest. Hold on. 
Okay, now we're going to do this thing where we watch live. Hey, give me Look. 20 bucks if I'm right. See how oh, it went right over right. his chest. You're right. Stop trying to get this $20 back. <laughs> i to get this $20. Uh, question before we even get into everything. Have you ever used the excursion as a removal vehicle? I've ridden in one that was a removal vehicle. It's tremendous. It's amazing. Are you just <laughs> you're trying to top me with adjectives? <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> it's wide eyed opening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, there was a funeral home I used to work for who had this, and it's getting the stretcher. They're high up. Up to yeah. it was, uh, and They're it's too high. And it's funny because the stretcher looks small mm-hmm. <laughs> in the back of an excursion, whereas any other car kind of takes over. I but. don't understand why it's used. I mean, listen, that's an incredible vehicle, but right. it's too high to get people up there. I know, but I guess you some people don't don't care or don't matter or whatnot. Um, but yeah, uh, our episode opens up with Brenda and Nate in the Bone Zone and. Maya comes. Did you just say the bone zone? You're goddamn right. Being, oh, whoa, GD? No. <laughs> okay. They were being intimate. In Love the bone making. zone. <laughs> they were intimate in the bone zone. Um, I think it's hilarious that they had Maya Watching. imitating. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, okay. And <laughs> we can't watch this stuff together. We are watching it. We're we're doing a podcast on it. Uh, Mm. There is a lot of interrupted sex in this episode. There's a ton of interrupted sex. There's not a ton. There's only three (laughs) instances. Um, But this is one of three of interrupted sex. Um, And we'll get get into the storyline. I guess I wanted to start off with handling some of um, the Sam Hoviak stuff. So when they're in arrangements... With his wife, I'm pretty sure we could presume, right? Yeah. Sam Hoviak's wife. Um, I, my first go around, I was watching this. I was like, there's no way it would take this long for Nate to figure out who it was. I know. But then I started thinking, it's ha- has this ever happened to you? I don't. I'm not here. I bet if where I grew up. Oh, if you. Okay. Yeah. I didn't go to high school with anybody here. Right. I have made arrangements on people that I've met through. It's it's happened to me. Not not meeting with families, but in terms of of. of prepping and bombing mm-hmm. i'm like oh this person sort of looks familiar that name sounds familiar mm-hmm. and then afterwards it's happened to me once word of mouth like yeah. hey did you hear x died and it's like oh my god and then second on facebook it's happened to me like four times where I, and it's not someone i was close with i'm not old enough oh, that you hear that people die on facebook oh it's, it's it's someone that i went to high school with no but i actually took care of either the removal or the oh. prep or whatever oh, that's interesting because i was saying i was saying the same thing like there's no way it would take nate this yeah. long to figure out but like, no, it's totally happened to me. Not people I was really good friends with, mm-hmm. but just, just people I, like, you know, you went to high school with and you just have that, like, there's that fringe amount of people who you're not close with, but you know. Um, yeah, it's definitely happened to me. No, um, it hasn't happened to me. I thought it was funny. Um, when when David is embalming Sam Hoviak, uh, I think it's cool that they, this this whole episode is somewhat of a, of a revert back to season, or earlier Six Feet Under. In terms of, they talk a little bit about embalming because yeah. he's trying new chemicals and that he's like sewing up the post. Um, suturing up the suturing. post. Suturing. Yes, I know. I noticed that too when he was talking about the chemicals from season one, you know, when they try to definitely. Do you, did you ever, do you know what new, ca- the chemicals he was talking about? Yeah, that's not like that Freedom Cab, isn't it? No. Or there's there's freedom, a brand of it out there that doesn't have freedom formaldehyde cab, in it. Freedom Cab is Dodge, which doesn't have formaldehyde. But there uh, is a brand out there that has, that's formaldehyde it's free. It's Millennium New Era. Is it? But it's uh, Champion. Oh, I've Champion never used has it. their, yeah. yeah. 
I've you? always no, I've always seen bottles of it hanging around. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anyone use it. <laughs> no. You know I, that you know that Dysan yeah. fluid we have? Yeah. I know that's champion. Yeah, and that's no formaldehyde. That's glutaraldehyde. Oh. Okay. If you ever s- smell it, um there's it no It doesn't smell. Yeah. yeah, I know that. I was wondering why this isn't used more and it's because it's just expensive, right? I don't know if it's expensive I need, or if it I, does I, the job as well as um, the current chemicals that we use. I think that's something to explore. Yeah, I, I meant to, to, to look into it. Um, I mean, you got to understand, like, I would rather, listen, I get that formaldehyde is a, a cancer-causing agent and so forth. Carcinogen. And, I love that you stepped up to the plate for the first time. Okay. <laughs> and use the proper words. Welcome to the podcast, Victor. <laughs> but the, I just, I mean, yes, I have, there's an exposure to it. Yes, it's monitored. Yes, um, I breathe in toxins everywhere else. So, right. I mean, I just read an article today that you have more of a chance of getting lung cancer using your cleaning products. Then what? Like you have it's just no, it's oh. just as great as smoking cigarettes. Right. So it is what it is. But we have cases sometimes that we hold for thirty days. Yeah. I'm gonna use what works. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't really meant to go into to all of that, but I did. I just that because sometimes people ask, this would be a green embalming, whatnot, if you're using all these chemicals, right? You should find out like why people don't. I think it's just that. really expensive oh. to get to get like if you were to get a gallon of formaldehyde versus a gallon of like glu- glutaraldehyde, uh-huh. it's just w- so much more expensive. The point like, you know, but I wonder if it does the same. What, what's the pros and cons of it? Uh, we should yeah. look into it. Yeah. And it's funny. Like we should know it, right? It's just, yeah, it's, it's been not, not used as much. Uh, another thing while David's embalming, he goes to answers the phone and he takes his glove off and he answers it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that happens way more often than people think. All the time. Or would care to admit. Yeah. I'm guilty of that. Of taking your glove off? Yeah. The answer, we always, I always take my gloves off to answer the phone. No, I know. But I'm saying is I think, I feel like most people think like, oh, that doesn't happen. Like they'll just let it ring and not take it. No. Yeah. No. You go through quite a lot of gloves while In fact, one of my pet peeves at work is being interrupted when I'm prepping for phone calls. Like you can't handle it. Yeah. Can no, you I just, just meant like ten take, minutes and t- t- taking, find out what taking they your need, glove please? off to whatever. Because you ha- and then you have to take. Sometimes you have to go out and take your apron. It's just it's annoying. Yeah. And re- talking about uh, going back to somewhat of season one that we see this. Um, God, it's been so long. I don't. I forgot what we call it. Manifest ghost manifestations of the dead people coming back. Yeah. How did I don't know? They're subconscious because we see Sam Hoviak come back in his high school form. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember who that is? Um, wasn't he a '90s actor? Uh, I mean, he might have. I know that's Chris Pine. Yes, he I know was him in, from um, American Wonder Woman. Pie. <laughs> <laughs> if there was only, could <laughs> <laughs> we be any more opposites? Sometimes. <laughs> no. The funnier thing was you said American Pie, and you just started looking around. <laughs> Where did you get that from? I I know that movie. That was a big movie when I was in high school. You do you think he's in American Pie? Isn't he? Isn't he the virgin guy? So why did you look around when you said that? No. Uh, I don't know. He might be. Uh, can no. we like Google this so uh, I can get some justification? Okay. Um. I, all right. I, I'll I'll get I'll get to, we'll get to that after the break. He okay? looks like that kid. Okay. Stifler? Sean William no, Scott? Stifler, the one that was the football player and then he be- dates the virgin. Um, oh, Mina Savari, who's an American that's, beauty? That's, that's what you tried to do. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay, and we could get back to, to the rest of, of Nate's storyline. Um, God, 
Where do I want to start? Do we want to start with Ruth and George or Keith and David? I want to get just both of them out of the way. Okay, so who would you rather start with? Keith and... Let me rephrase it. Would you rather start with Ruth and George or Keith and David? Let's just do Ruth and George. Let's just get it done. So Keith and David. Keith is signing (laughs) uh, petition papers, and we see that Keith and David are totally getting along, which is nice. Um, Jackson Charles Fisher is the name that Keith has picked out. Love it. Jackson, that's a good name. Do you have a name picked out if you were to ever have children? Yes. What is it? Are you serious? I haven't told you a thousand times. Nope. Blue Moon. Blue Moon? Yes. Is your child sponsored by an alcoholic (laughs) drink? I just realized that that's a beer. (laughs) Shoot, I'm going to have to take that one back. Or Molly Moon, because I want to name my baby after my sister Moon. If it's a boy, it's going to be Jackson Moon. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go back to Blue Moon? Well, I like the name Blue. Do um, Do you remember that show on MTV called... The road rules, and they had Balu. She was a contestant. Uh huh. And she was like crazy. Right. Her. So I've like always wanted to name my kid Blue. Okay. Um. Didn't know that. Yeah. Now we now we know Blue Moon sponsored. I didn't realize that your so child weird. is already sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> After every time someone says your baby's name, they have Moon to Blue. they have to say Ed. <laughs> um, Keith is admiring David at night. You know. Just he, the way he just kind of stares at him and says, oh, you know, you're so beautiful. And then he takes out his uh, retainer. They keep showing a point that David has a retainer. I don't know why. I know it's he, he has it cause, uh, so he doesn't grind his teeth when he sleeps. Mm-hmm. I just don't get why they keep showing us or telling us. I mean, I don't know. It's the, just maybe to make him a real person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, I don't. Oh, that isn't the guy from American Pie. <laughs> actually don't know who this person is oh god i'm so sorry for some of that silence (laughs) keith mentions that he wants claire to be a surrogate for them yes and we get this creepy ass scene yeah that actually what the dream yeah okay what was that that they did? Did they was that like a puppeteer that created a mask for her head oh that was actually really cool cool the whole imagery, is that the word that you use? What's that word? Like like the set? The set yeah. piece? Okay. Like the whole head that they had on a, like a, on a human. It was, it was different. It was neat. I mean, it's creepy. It's creepy, but it's cool. Um, I like the artistic style of it. I mean, yes. I think it was purposely made to be awkward because you could tell it's like on a human. Uh, otherwise, the, the whole setting, and I know we have awesome fans that will kind of help us guide us in this direction but just kind of because it felt way too distinct for that to be an original six feet under set piece um that thing is supposed to be that play oklahoma have you ever heard of that play right i I never heard i read it somewhere that they were like mimicking the oklahoma and again whoever knows uh, um Uh, i'm just purely talking about the props that they use right i really liked how they how they did that that's that was super cool i I think Claire's head is super creepy. While cool, I guess, I think it's creepy because it's... I mean, he, he, here's what I love about it, and it's it's one of the things I really love about Six Feet Under. Um, that's a dream. Mm-hmm. And sometimes dreams are that weird. Yeah, sure. You ever like wake up and it's... And you know, because you could picture Dave. David woke up and was like, I just had this weird dream. You were in overalls on a tractor trailer and Claire, but it didn't look like Claire. Yeah. And she had eggs and we were biting. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um 
that's totally like you know it, it how bright the dream was you know um i i think it also lends to the idea of david still do you remember like back i, I believe it was yeah it was last season when david thought keith was going to go back to the other team however you want to call that yes, turn straight that. or whatever yes. and woke up with breast right yes, <laughs> yes. uh because i think here he thinks once they put their eggs in claire keith is going to leave with claire that's why mm-hmm. they you know they kind of leave the dream whatever um the whole thing i mean i, I would have loved to have known how they came up with this whole idea yeah. about whatever um but it's just creepy. It was creepy. And that was, baby at the cool. end. That baby was gross. It was cool, but... It, it was cool how they did that. I think it just lends back to, to the idea of this being somewhat of a throwback episode because it's just so out there uh-huh. in terms of a dream. And yeah. if you remember, like, in the earlier seasons, they would break out into, like, a, a Broadway dance or, or, you know what I mean, or just... Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Um, date When David comes to Claire to ask about if he wants to donate her eggs... This is where it made me realize that the reason why Keith was being so nice to David is so maybe he could get him to ask Claire, if yes. that makes sense. Yeah. The way David asked Claire. Was so off-putting. It was like the worst. It was sweet, but then when he told her everything involved, I mean, do you... Well, I think he meant to tell her, so hoping she would say no. Yeah. Yeah, just like, hey, do you want yeah. to take me there? Oh, you can't? All right, sorry, bye. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, just That's a tough to question to be asked. I mean, I mean was... does that happen? Yeah, sure. Like siblings are surrogates? Yeah, mothers are surrogates sometimes for their children. You can read about this. Wait, what? Man. Mothers sometimes carry babies for their daughters. So it's, again, it so is So like not my a- my like if I if me and my okay. So brother and sister I'm sorry. Not brother and sister. <laughs> okay. Why can't if I couldn't have a baby. Right. And my mom was still of the age that she could carry a baby. I could take one of my eggs and my partner's sperm, they would mix this, they would fertilize the egg and place it in my mother's womb, uterus, to carry the baby to full term. It's my child, and that, it's and, my genes, right. but she, I'm using her uterus. And that baby is, comes out fine? Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not like an incestual uh-huh. type of situation. It's They're literally just, just literally renting the room for nine renting months? Renting the room for nine months. Right? Interesting. It's my child and my partner's child. Those, it's, those are the genes that are together. It, it, it kind They're of using still, their uterus for safekeeping and feeding and so forth. It still thro- throws me for a it's loop, the whole idea. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I always wonder about with these surrogates, which I admire what they do. When, the ba- when you give birth, how do you cope? Because you bond with a baby for yeah. nine months. I mean, that's a bond. And how, like, how do you, I've never, and even, even moms that, you know, make the decision for adopt, placing their child for adoption like that, there's the after part of it. And the I just wonder how they cope. Postpartum, just depression, exactly. all that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, that's, that's way above. thing. Yeah. Um, I, it's just crazy, the idea that you can just sort of, hey, mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how often moms do it, but right. I've seen plenty of articles about it. And like he said, like it would be really weird, your niece and you're also the mom, sort of. I don't know. Because you're te- you're technically the mom because they used your uterus, right? But you're not, right? Because it's your it's okay. We won't get it. No, I, I mean we get it, we get it. It's just I just I'll probably never just because it's I, it's a brand new concept that I've learned at the age of thirty two. Yeah. <laughs> like this is kind. Of, this is, it, it would be the equivalent if you told me if I never knew gay uh, gay people existed, and now you're just throwing throwing at me like. Yeah, because it's definitely been a, a man. around for a while. I know it has, but it's like I it's mm-hmm. I've never turned my eye 
my eye to it. It's a very now. costly. It's a very expensive procedure. Yeah. Like, very expensive. You telling me Kim Kardashian, mm-hmm. that was a surrogate, I could have went the rest of my life never he- Unless someone like specifically told me, mm-hmm. I-, I feel like I, I never would have came across it. Sidebar, how did Marissa never tell you about this? Uh, I don't know. She never told you about Kim K having a, a third child. You know what that means? Via surrogate. You know what that means? What? She didn't know. <laughs> how did Marissa not know something about Kim K? If she doesn't tell like me something fan. like that, I think she secretly doesn't know. Huh, Marissa? Huh. Uh, Ruth and George. Uh, Ruth is completely overwhelmed and irritated by George. Uh, you know, we the first few scenes we see of them, Ruth is just irritated by uh, to shit of George. Yeah. Anything he says, you know. Deep blame her. Um, I don't think she's being fair to George. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that out there. Uh, I totally disagree. Speak the truth, you know. She needs I to totally. Well, uh, are we only speaking the truth in 2018? <laughs> no, don't speak the truth to me because you hurt my feelings. Gotcha. What I'm saying though is that she should she should have that resentment has boiled. Right. And he's trying, and she's just lashing. I mean, he's try- like, he's fair- trying. Like, hold on, fair enough. He is trying. Mm-hmm. He duped her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm and saying, hold on, hold on. I did he though? What do you? I mean, I mean, you know what? You know yep. what? No, no, no. You remember that scene? No, no, with you're all correct. The heads of the ex wives. You're correct. Because they said, hold on. Find out you are one thousand percent correct. Because like, did he? And this is the thing. It's like I feel like this is like chicken or the egg. He said, "I've been married six times," and Ruth is like, "Oh, that's cool." So there was something there to that. Yeah, what I'm saying, what he, dis- I'm saying, yes, he but knew he had a serious the six divorces should have been like, you know what? Let's just be together. Why well, are we getting married at this age? I mean, I'm saying we could keep, we could keep going on and on. I think we're both right and we're both wrong. If that yeah. makes sense. Like, uh, I, but I think at this point when I see Ruth being mad at George, it's funny. And this is just the, the way we could both look at the same thing and have two different outtakes. Like you looked at it and you were like, Ruth is being short with him. And I'm She's like, very resentful. And I'm like, go Ruth. Like go yeah. be, you know, that's not, I mean, how do you not get divorced? <laughs> I, well, maybe, yeah. I mean, you know, to, you know, cause they did it the, the last episode where the, Ruth is to, um, you know, that's her partner until death do his part and all that. But I, you got duped into it. You know, I mean, I guess I, I, I'm definitely not relating it to it, but wouldn't it somewhat be the equivalent and, you know, you know the stats of how many marriages are are divorced because of the reason where you hide, you're in sixty thousand dollars debt, mm-hmm. and you're married, and that pops up, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, regardless, right? We're both right, and we're both wrong. That who's well, Ruth is? What's undeniable is Ruth is really short with George. Yeah. Whether how we got there, why not? not. And she's definitely not helping at this point. She's not helping. Right. Uh, George says you've been sixes and sevens with me all day. Have you ever heard that term? No. Me neither. Um, like on a scale of one to 10? No, because he says, he's like, oh, you've been mad at me all day and they keep talking. He's like, you've been sixes and sevens with me all day. You think that's a gambling thing? Um, I don't think so. I think it's more like you've been six and seven with me, like you've been short and mad at me all day. Oh, okay. But that sounds like it was a term. You um, should probably Google that. Yeah, someone should. Um <laughs> Uh, I have here that uh, I've been like Ruth when I've tried to quit smoking, oh. where it's just I'm annoyed by everything. Yeah. It's like, oh, what's in this? Do you want me to list every ingredient? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I really felt with Ruth there. Um, <laughs> so, you know, some of the notes I write sometimes, I totally forgot I wrote it. I wrote, I love Reese's. And if I'm in this mood, <laughs> if I'm in the room and you ask me if I want Reese's, I'd probably snap like Ruth did too. Um, you do get a little snappy. 
over Reese's, I know. Um, <laughs> you know, it, I guess it really boils up, right, when, when Ruth is making lasagna and Ruth making comfort food is totally, you know, that's another sort of throwback that she's making food and that's kind of like, you know, was her thing the first few seasons. Um, and then we get like this snap, this freak out where he tells the joke. Yeah, that joke Dude, was kind of funny, though. It was kind of, of funny. <laughs> like, dang, darn Ruth. Yeah, um, she just should have... I thought that that was a real scene. I thought that was her screaming. That's what she needs to, to do. She needs to get out. Totally. Yeah, totally. Um, but that that being like a flashback or, or like whatever you want to call that, in her, all in her head. Yeah. It was totally like, you know, a throwback to earlier Six Feet Under. But yeah, like I that, total, that scene could have totally been sold as real. Like yes. if it wasn't fake... It's not have been like ah, that was a little out there, you know. Um, with with the heavy load that is George, uh, Maggie comes. Uh, she comes to visit at first, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think she's meant to stay. Um, and I think it's pretty. Being that you don't remember what happens in the show, mm-hmm. and I do, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty ironic how the Nate and Brenda situation plays out in regards to Maggie. In regards to George and Ruth, I never really put it together, and I'm probably only speaking to people who remember what goes on here. Uh, but I just it just dawned on me watching this episode how ironic it is how they bring Maggie in, and I guess Wait, that's all I have I'll say. I a question for you: In the past seasons, did Nate meet Maggie? I'm not sure Maggie has met anyone besides Ruth and. George. Yeah, I don't think. So after I watched this episode, it had on the on the next episode, and it had. <laughs> I'm just and back to your questions. <laughs> no, go on. Oh, okay. I thought you didn't want me to say anything. No, go on. Nothing. It shows them in a room together, but it looked like they knew each other. That's why I was asking how they met before. No, I mean they probably end up meet if she's going to stay. Oh Lord, it's not going to be good, is it? If they if she's going to stay in town with them, um, I'm assuming she's going to meet all of them. That's George's yeah, son, sure. you know. Yeah. She's going to be staying yeah. in the house with Rico. <laughs> yeah. Um, when George, George uh, it was a really funny moment when George is passed out, and Ruth and Maggie are talking, mm-hmm. and George is passed out like a child yeah. in the middle. Uh, it just kind of felt like two parents talking and making plans for the, you know. Uh, I mean, you, you get a little bit backstory of uh, Maggie that she is kind of dating and she's dating a doctor. Yeah, and Ruth. Of course, has to be really heavy-handed and make sure you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Um, George freaks out over the Neapolitan ice cream. Yeah. If rank them: Neapolitan, vanilla, chocolate. Go. Done. Okay. Chocolate, vanilla, Neapolitan. Yeah, I'm same. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Chocolate, Neapolitan, vanilla. What? I'm alright if I never have we vanilla again. We can just never again. be the same on anything, can we? Nope. <laughs> okay. Um, Neapolitan, really? Hmm. No, I'm saying uh, over vanilla. Yeah. Yo, I get... Vanilla's delicious. But I get all three in Neapolitan. You know that, right? I just can't take that strawberry. Uh, yeah, yeah. then you don't like strawberry. Did you not think I, I knew what Neapolitan was? Uh, can you blame <laughs> me? <laughs> you know, and when George, George freaks out about, the, about the, the ice cream, it's just really like... It's like eye-opening. I mean, it's not eye-opening for either of them because they've seen it, but it's just for Ruth to get some validation that it happens in front of Maggie... That she's totally not crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, I just wonder how much longer Maggie could stay. I mean, I'm, I'm here I am playing both sides while trying to pretend like I don't know what happens, but mm-hmm. I also know what happens. Mm-hmm. I just wonder, you know, you, she's a pharmacist rep. She's yeah, pharmacist she's a pharmaceutical sales, rep. Pharmaceutical rep. And 
it's just like how long are you just going to stay out of work to take care of your father you yeah, know but some, maybe they have sick leave and maybe she can go on fmla i don't know yeah i but guess you're right but she does got to step up now she does has to she has to help her dad out. yeah yeah this is I a pretty just, serious um, situation yeah fair enough with that being said we could end this part one and continue on with wow we have claire brendan margaret rico and pam beasley and we will resume that with part two. And now, a joke from our sponsors. Do you know what they call an Italian hooker? A prostitute. And we're back with part two of the podcast. Natalie, quick fact about the Bronx. Go. That's where rap was first started. It was not the Sugar Hill Gang. Thank you very much. Who was it? Oh, I forgot his name. It's like MC something. What? <laughs> it's uh, okay. I'll go back and watch the show and tell you who it is. But it was not the Sugar Hill Gang that started rap. I don't. I, I mean, I don't like Grandmaster Flash. What are you? No, it was right before Grandmaster Flash. That was somebody. Then they were on. They were on the same team. Um, gosh, I'm forgetting what his name is. I don't know. If, I, I mean, I don't know if anyone... Is it like MC Vree or hold something? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me tell you something. Huh. The first person to quote-unquote rap, uh-huh. do you know who it was? Is it Run DMC? Nope. It was Blondie. Blondie? Uh-huh. What's Did, that song on? Are playing Blondie? And... I only know one song. Hold on. Uh, Fab Five Freddy. Uh, fuck, what's the Blondie song? It's uh, Step Into... KRS-One samples the Blondie song, Step Into a World. And you know you don't know what song I'm talking about? No. I'm gonna end this podcast with the song. I okay. tell you that was Blondie was the first person to rap in a song, to my knowledge. We're talking like late seventies. Okay, but I'm gonna bring you the name of who Anthony Bourdain meant that brought rap to the scene. Okay. Fair and, enough. And they talk about rap in that day. They talked about political movements, things going on, so forth. And then and today Now okay. are <laughs> you I feel like you're legally supposed to say add. After you, after you, you're finished. I really want to go to the Bronx now. <laughs> I really want to go. There's some Puerto Rican restaurants I want to check out. Um, there's also some parks I want to go to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Claire is trying to sell some of her art, and she is in sort of a funk. Um, I don't, I don't get her whole thing of what's going on with the art dealer and whatnot. Did you? I don't. The art dealer. I think that she. Okay. So you know how like actors when they star in a movie and then from now on they're portrayed as that type of actor yeah okay so i think that happens in the art world too right and she's trying to move from the collage but he doesn't want her stuff that was right. like like she's that's probably her highest moment right now was the collage stuff and yeah. she's trying to move on so he's like i don't i don't like any of this or wedding photographs yeah he wasn't moved by him and i think i mean that's got to be a tough job to be an artist like that and i'm trying i'm trying to think of what actor you are I know you're not talking about a specific actor, but an actor who's, I mean, who, typecasted. Typecasting, I guess you're saying, right? Yeah. Who, can I come up with one off the top of my head and I can't? Of typecasting? Yeah. Morgan Freeman. is Always plays what? He always plays like the number one hero man, uh, person to look up to all the time. Like God? 
Yeah. Because he plays God in Bruce Almighty. But he plays Red in But look in Shawshank Redemption. But he's like, he's never, has he ever been the villain in anything? I feel like he, he has. He can't be. He's Morgan Freeman. Uh, Gone Baby Gone, I think he's the villain. Uh, no, he took that big, oh yeah. Oh! <laughs> oh man. Morgan. No, was he the, he is the he villain. He totally is the villain. Oh, uh, I'm trying to I think of someone else. Freeman, I'm gonna let that I'm gonna let that slide. Right. Okay. Well, uh, I get I get letting, I think that letting she's you being typecast. Yeah, letting you explain style. it was but I mean because I that was one of those things that made sense in my head. I couldn't verbalize it. Uh-huh. But uh, going on with um, interrupted sex, two of three, Billy and Claire are uh-huh. in the bone zone, and I hate that you're saying <laughs> the bone zone. It just makes me uncomfortable. And Billy can't come to fruition. Thank with you. the medicine <laughs> as a result of the medicine as a result of the Side medicine effect. and that kind of plays into this plays into what happens in the next few episodes huge but i mean kind of like we see the end of the episode that he stops taking his pills. yeah Uh-oh. uh claire goes out to dinner with two other friends um let me say this there is three dexter cameos this episode mm-hmm one of the friends that Claire and Billy are out to eat with is uh, the guy is El Sabo from season eight. Really small role. Um, <laughs> when they ask Billy what he's working on, I could never live in this world where it's like, so what's your, what, what are you working on? What's your, uh, you know what I mean? I don't know. Just the way they were talking about like, what do you have? I don't know. Do you know I what? Look, just how they were like, we traveled for a year. We stopped and the money ran out. Like, well, you didn't have a plan lined up afterwards. <laughs> this is what you did. No, I don't. I don't understand that world. Uh, and we learned that Billy can't be his true artist self when he's on his medication. Um, <laughs> I think the same way, like Nate and Tom, the way Nate and Tom, when they're speaking in the bar, and we'll get to that scene. Oh, yeah, we're um, definitely going to get to that scene. Mirror, uh, I think how they're like, you know, it's just not how the way it is anymore. I think it sort of mirrors this, where the the, you know, the guy El Sapo is like, man, Billy, Billy, I know, used to go out and paint the town red till whatever time and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's just like not the same. Um, when Claire tells Billy she's what she's working on and Billy's when Billy's like dumbfounded, right? When he's just kind of like, well, that's cool. Is that him being, um, it seems like he's sarcastic. No, it didn't seem sarcastic. It seemed, uh, um, jealous, not jealous. Just kind of like, oh, I don't know. I I don't think it was, it was, what's the first word you said? Sarcastic? Mm -hmm. No, I, 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 maybe because she, maybe because she was succeeding Mm -hmm. and creating art. I, okay, that's what it is. I just formed it while talking. Remember, because they were talking about how, he's yeah, he has to teach. Heart. He's teach those who cannot right. teach. Right, but that's his, not his med on his medicine. Yeah. his ideas sort of like ran dry. She said that they had a dry and spot. She is here sitting. I just came up with this new right. thing about so the world jealousy. and whatever. I think it's jealousy. Frustration yeah, wants to do that, and then that's yeah. why Billy's like, "Well, I need to start creating. That's why I'm going to flush these." Right. You know, um, I think it's kind of sad and. Like, we're going to definitely see what happens to that. Anything on the Billy and Claire before we move on from no. that? I mean, I mean, it's funny. I, and maybe someone smarter than, than us can, can come up with it. I mean, there's probably some tie-in to... Because, I mean, Claire is asked to be her the brother's surrogate. And then it's, like, just never mentioned again. <laughs> it, it isn't at all? Right. Keith doesn't even bring it up? Uh, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm trying to remember if, it's, if it gets brought up in a future episode. I can't remember. Uh, the Brenda, Brenda and Margaret storyline. Brenda is now interning, doing intern at work, and has the noble idea of 
starting with the free clinic. God bless those people. Uh, Margaret wants Brenda to use her connections to get her in the, um, I just call it upscale therapy place, right? Just, yeah, I guess so. Just, yeah. I don't know, whatever. Um, For people for with have insurance versus free clinic. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think at a point, I think every person comes across this right where they're like, no, I want to go do the, Mm -hmm. the hard way. I want to like really test my, and then I imagine it's a lot of people. And if you're able to not stick there, but that first day you're like, oh, fuck this. I'm out. Listen, You think we have tough jobs? They have tough jobs. Oh no. I mean, yeah. And I think it really shows that. Those people have become so numb to it that, you know, they're saying, oh, and the mother did this and the raping and whatever. And mm-hmm. no way she was reading Newsweek. They're probably so, and you think about yeah. it, it's like, oh my God, you guys, what are you doing? And you're it's like, like yo, about this? they probably deal yeah. with that shit every day. I know, you know? I know. I have a best friend that does um, social work and uh-huh. I've heard some things, not too much because she, does, I mean, I'm just like picked up on the news and stuff to the point where I don't want to hear it. I don't, don't, do not discuss that with me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear anything about your career thank you <laughs> like you know yeah. I, I i can't it's it's really sad yeah and um i i just I, I god bless the people that that do that job um brenda shows up to the free clinic yeah and it just they do an amazing job of the clinic being really hectic mm-hmm. you know because it's just like the fuck is going on uh it reminded me of did you go to public school yes it reminded me of public school have you ever been to a free clinic uh, I think to get blood. Um, uh, yes, to get shots when I was in college. It's crazy like that. Yeah, I just, they did a really good yeah. job of, of in it my being adulthood hectic. at a point when I didn't have health insurance and I was sick as a dog. I had to go to a free clinic. Right, it is just like that. Yeah. Um. So I mean, you know, basically the idea is that you know Bre- Margaret tells Brenda like, listen, that's noble and everything that you mm-hmm. want to do this, but you're gonna want. I didn't. I think she even says I didn't sleep with. Half What's the, the yeah <laughs> half of the academia or whatever to yeah. to not use you know pull some strings. Yeah. Um, there was something I was talking with Neil McGarry of the uh, the God. What's his podcast? I'm not digging <laughs> digging Star Trek. What's his podcast? Nitpicking the Next Generation, and he said something. How I mean, because in this episode you see too, like Margaret is motherly. Mm-hmm. She does it in the most fucked up way, but mm-hmm. I mean, she's like you know, hey, use my connections. Don't go to this free clinic. You're going to, mm-hmm. and everything. And you see Brenda really quickly, one day in and out. Uh, and, and Neil commented, Margaret Chenoweth is someone I love and hate. She's generally a despicable person. And yet every once in a while, her, perspe- her perspective makes a lot of sense. So maybe you want her as a brunch guest, but not a parent. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's funny. But it's just like, yeah, like she's totally, <laughs> but yeah. that's like her, her mother way. Um, God, there was another comment here. Uh, I just can't find it. Oh, there it is. Uh, Margaret very neatly and under speaking on the terms of what Margaret ends up doing for Brenda. Because Margaret very neatly and effectively undermines Brenda's Brenda's self-confidence, which shows you how deft of a saboteur she really is. I don't know. I I, I mean, I don't. I don't think she's sabotaging Brenda. I don't think she's she's setting him up. I think she's preparing her. But I also think definitely I get the idea of like undermining. It's like, listen. You're not good enough to be at the free clinic. You don't have the the, yeah. the pat, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when we meet the, <laughs> it's really funny that when we meet the therapist, the upscale, high end, she's <laughs> like, "Listen, there's people here, and they have problems." Yeah. You know, yeah. what language do you speak? Yeah. French. <laughs> oh, great! Because we have a lot of French people yeah. that come here. 
<laughs> that is the third. Well, I guess uh, where we're at in the podcast now it is the second Dexter cameo because that's Ellen Wolf of season three. Um, I think it's laughable. I didn't write down what they were, but how different the disorders are mm-hmm. and what they'll be treating. You know what I just realized? I do this shit with notes and you're doing it off the top of your head. Because I'm amazing. <laughs> Keep it right here in the old noggin. <gasps> right. Um, I just think it's really funny how different each of the, the, you know, there's some real shit going on at the free clinic. And here it's, what did it say? I think it was belie- it was uh, eating Bully- disorders, eating. right? Hey, that's just as serious. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's not. I'm mm-hmm. saying in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Would you rather, you know? No, I, th- I think they're both, I think they're both pretty serious. I understand. If you were to rank one and two, which problems would you rather have? Addiction. What, 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 give me the problems. What, uh, wasn't it that the mother, uh. Okay. I'd have an eating disorder. Don't even That's what I'm, what that's what I tried to yes, say. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Jesus. Jeez. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, anything else on Bender and Margaret before we nope. definitely move on? Uh, the Rico, Pam, and Vanessa storyline. Rico is trying to get into the bone zone with Pam Beasley on the couch. How many times have you said bone zone tonight? Because it's been this is the third time. It's a third bone zone. Oh man! All of everyone just hanging out in the bone zone, <laughs> and we get our third bone zone interruption when George interrupts oh. Rico and Pam the same way Brenda and Nate got interrupted. Um, George sits down to them is really awkward. George just has a seat. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. So, we see, we find out that Pam plays Rico hard. Hey, yeah, we'll go to lunch tomorrow. Cool and everything. Did she play him? Hold on, no. hold on, hold on. What I'm saying is, Pam right there is like, I, I'm done here. That's right. And it's not because of George. She probably just wasn't feeling Rico, right? That's right. She, she probably but let me ask you, situation. right there, uh-huh. before we find out... Uh-huh. In your, you know what? Let me ask you. Let me. If I paused the episode right there and I said, "Do they go out to lunch tomorrow?" You would have said what? No. You fucking lying. No, I'm not lying. lying. You're lying. I'm not lying lying at all. I already knew that she wasn't into him. I already knew she wasn't into him. How? I could tell. A woman can read another woman. I knew. It's an actress. I know, but she's that good of an actress that I could read that. Okay. I knew Um, it was done. Oh God, I can't believe. (laughs) I knew it was done. Oh, I. God, I wish I would have... Uh, we're going to start doing these episodes in real time. <laughs> we're going to watch an op podcast together. Cause Remember fuck. when we used to do these over the phone? <laughs> Maybe we should get back to that. Um, we, we, okay, so what we find out is that Rico got played. Yeah, and he did she not, not get played. She is not interested. Oh, no, in he him. definitely got played. How did he get played? Yes, we'll go to lunch tomorrow. Call me. Yeah. Never hear from him she again. She just wanted to get out of there. Do you blame Hold him? on, hold on. I'm not... No, no, no. She did. Listen. How could he not pick up on it? She... Hold on, Rico still got played. Okay. She didn't leave off saying, I'm not interested in you, and left. She said, yeah, let's go to lunch tomorrow. And she just never picks up her call. Okay, so that was, hey, Rico, Being played. we're done. Right, but he got played. Okay. Because, I mean, he's sitting there talking to Nate about how, oh, I really like this girl. I think she's the one. Yeah. He got played. Okay. And whether uh, whether she wants to deal with all that, and obviously she wasn't interested, that's her right and good. Yeah. Like, more power to her, but yeah. she still played Rico. Um <laughs> let me ask you um god damn i i can't believe you said you 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 caught that all right because i did let me ask you um when we find out that pam has been hiding in her her house and Avoiding whatnot him. right um okay hold on there there's a scene where rico calls pam when he's in the prep room 
Mm-hmm. Did you notice the deceased on the table? It was an older man. And do you notice what he had on him? Uh, no. Pacemaker. Oh, did now it? you remember, right? Okay. Or no. Maybe I don't know if we're gonna see no, it in the scene we, here. Went past they just scene. vary distinctly because uh-huh. he has like this circle plunging oh, okay. out of his chest. No, I didn't even pick up on that. But the detail they went into for doing that because if they if they didn't show the pacemaker, so what? Whatever. Uh-huh. But it's a fact that they showed. I just thought it was cool. Okay. Um, Rico shows up to Pam's apartment complex. <laughs> yes. Now, taking it back to 2005, uh-huh. where it's only cell phones. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, email's the thing, but you wouldn't email someone, right? And text probably wasn't as heavy. It was T9 texting, right? Uh, I, I yeah. believe so. I want to go ahead and say this happened far more than people would want to admit. For you, for instance. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you went to someone's house. Mm-hmm. Or did you? No. But I had I, somebody come to my place. Right. Just last year, as a matter of fact. Remember uh, that, story? that That's different. That's a creep. You that's, need to report yeah. that. Yeah. Sorry about that, by the way. <laughs> Please don't show up at my house anymore, Victor. No, it seriously happened. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. I think that goes on. I, this happened. Because it's like, what do you... Because today it's like you have like Instagram and you wait for the, you know... Yeah, you wait to get blocked. And then you're like, oh, oh that's yeah, right. But Done. you got blocked. At but least you got blocked. Now you know. Here's but that closure. shows the action that they was like, hey, I didn't tell you screw off, but you're blocked. So it's like, okay, I got yeah. it. He legit... Mm-hmm. And I think when you take, you know, you take someone who's been out of dating for Rico, let's say it's been 10 years or whatnot. Yeah. How would you, you know, I think you look at it the same way. If your wife doesn't pick up your calls, something happened. You're not like my wife's avoiding me, right? Right. I'm just saying I totally get him popping in and just love. I just love that. that you, that's so illegal for the landlord to be doing too. I mean, you guess you that. have to call the cops, right? Yeah, the cops can. I would freak out <laughs> i would have lost my mind i almost i lost my mind when i opened the door this is not cool i mean yeah she just bursted in there right but um, but look at his poor face he's like oh. i mean yeah because he's thinking this whole time something happened yeah. to her yeah oh my god she might be dead she might yeah. be sick and she comes in she's just fucking avoiding it. she just doesn't like you that's just crazy like yeah. you know um yeah my god funny funny and really sad at the same mm-hmm. time because it's like poor little rico poor little rico trying to date out here in the world and yeah. it's like nope nope um so rico uses her death yeah. <laughs> or the this death of their funny. relationship it was like come on but i love rico's face when he's like she died <laughs> and, and vanessa just bites you know yeah she's like yeah can you come with us at dinner uh i don't think you could do that today i think you'd be caught maybe social media will catch you but i mean uh, maybe right mm-hmm. but let, let me ask you this is is it fair what rico did is it fair uh-huh to say that somebody died to to use to use his he's lonely Listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad at him for what he did. Well, that's, he play, a, that's what I'm trying to say. Vanessa. Yes, he needs some companions. Yes. Okay, I'm just purely saying in 2018, like if you, I don't think you can do that because I think that the society would know. Oh, I, I mean, maybe so. I, no. I just, I, I'm talking more of forget, no, I, forget I whether or not it's that. real, real or fake. Yeah, he obviously, didn't want Vanessa to know that he was rejected. Right. And he got her empathy. And yeah. then from that, they're going to dinner and they get to feel like a family again. And it's funny because we have the scene on now and you could tell when Rico starts to say, right here, it says he died. <laughs> <laughs> well, like if you see right here, Vanessa's facial reaction <laughs> and you see Rico like, oh my God, this works. Yeah. Like a little kid lying. Yeah. Like I didn't take it, you know. Yeah. Um, I 
I, I, my, my question, what I wanted to get to was whether or not it's fair what Rico did. And I think it's the same way, like, all is fair in love and war. Like, he's not hurting Vanessa. He may be misleading her, yeah. without a doubt. But it's just kind of like, if you feel bad for him, that's sort of on you. Uh-huh. Now, it's different if Rico is, I guess, maybe it was a fiancé or something or whatnot. But it's just a girl yeah, I know, I know. I, you know I, I'm not like crazy. I would never want that to happen to me. Correct. But it's kind of like, yeah, Rico, if, <laughs> if that's what you kind of got to do, you know, under false pretenses and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess before we close out the episode, we can get to the Tom and Nate talk. The the talk that I would have called 911 on? <laughs> Had I overheard that conversation? All right, so that's let, filthy. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold okay, on. Let's okay, set it up. Okay. We see that one of this is Nate's two friends. Actually, one is very important to one, close this out with. Tom, one is Sam Hoviak, who died, and the other friend Tom. They went to high school with, and you know they were buds back in high school and whatnot. And they're at, at the wake. They sort of you know re- reconnect and just realize how old they're getting. One has an eighteen-year-old already, and whatnot. Just uh, I, I don't want to call it midlife crisis, but midlife midlife problems, midlife struggles. Right? Mm-hmm. Just talking about how old they are and can't believe whatnot. Uh, so they meet up for a beer at, at the bar and we just sort of find out that Tom, I think Tom is more of a, more of a representation of midlife than Nate is. Mm-hmm. I think Nate's on somewhat of a high. He's on a huge high. And I think more guys relate to one not. Now, when you're saying, now correct me and please correct me the right way. Not to, not, not so you come out looking positive here. Oh, hold on, hold on. What are you going to say? Is he talking about an 18-year-old or he's talking about younger looking, like 13, 14-year-olds? about 13 and 15-year-olds. Okay, okay. That's kind of gross. That's, yeah, that's really yeah. gross. I, I thought he was saying 18. And, no, Well, no, no, I no. think 18 he is said, still gross. It's still legal. I've got a 13-year-old daughter too and she has a friend. Uh, right, okay, okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. Yeah. Um, I will say, I bet you there's guys out there just like him. Uh, yeah. Oh, we don't act on it. I'm just saying who sit there and, you know. Just, I don't even want to talk about I'm just that. saying the saying, I think the saying is true. When you're you're young, you like them old. And when you're old, you like them young. Well, let's look at American Beauty. How old was she supposed to be in that movie? Right. Well, I, they I, were seniors, right? So they were 17 seniors, or 18. Seniors, if, if maybe she's 18. Let's, let's. 17 and 18 is what, what you are in senior, as a senior. Right. So same thing. Yeah. He was attracted. He was no, yeah, and I actually, I actually have that written down. That it's, it's. There's a lot of American Beauty the way he's talking about. Uh, quick note: This is our third De- Dexter cameo. This is Dan the Dentist in season five, and anyone who loves Dexter will know what I'm talking about. Moving on. Um, I. The conversation was going a good oh, man. Do I want to get into this? Let me think about this. <sighs> No, no, no. It's not a conversation. You know what? There's little things that happen, and as you get older, that's how it happens. Like, you know, it happened to me today. What was it? God damn, what was it? This right now, you can't remember? No. (laughs) Yeah, that. You know, no, it's just little by little, or one day you wake up and you're sore for no reason, Mm -hmm. or you get a little bit, one day you're just like, um, God, oh, when you. I'm looking into the Apple Watch, and I'm like, God, I had no... What are even these features? I don't know, whatever. And that's why I was like, oh, old. Like, you know, like I got like 1% older. Technology yeah. yeah. I, I think I got 1% older this past week when I found out, one, that Snapchat got updated. Oh. And the update was so bad that it's like almost... And I was like, I don't understand this. And I just closed the app. That right there is yeah. 1% older. Yeah. It doesn't happen... the whole world is closing the app on The whole world. Right. Too. It's not just you, everybody. But I'm saying is that's how, and what I'm saying is the way they start talking about sex in the beginning, you know, whatnot, I think that's them, 
just you're older mm-hmm. back when you were 20 you could fucking drink the whole night and whatever and all of a sudden it's like you can't even you have one glass of wine and you pass out on your couch um but tom just took it a whole nother route of looking mm-hmm. at other girls and whatnot i can't i can't imagine why he would think he would bring that up and nate would have been like oh my god yeah i fucking love 14 year old girls <laughs> you know what i mean i don't even like that yeah, yeah no i hear saying may i um, speak on this one go you ahead have? go ahead are you done yes so i'm older than you what how old <laughs> I'm, I'm 38 on my 30th birthday, I was still married and I cried hysterically. I was hysterical. I wouldn't even come out of my room. Uh-huh. I had friends that came in from Charleston to see me and I, w- I was just hysterical. This year, and I've had all this stuff happen to me in my life. Parents, <gasps> parents dying, divorce. Can I read the post? Sister. What? No, no, <laughs> don't you dare. I'm just saying, when I saw this scene, minus the disgusting dis- this right. conversation about the children, when Nate said, you know what? Life has been tough for me, and I'm just going to take it and yeah. enjoy it. I was sad to turn 38 this year because I am getting older. I have right. my own set of problems. My right. hair is gray if right. I don't die. We don't need to get into your problems. Go I'm on. I'm just telling you. <laughs> uh-huh. um, my, and, and what's also interesting in my dating pool now, mm-hmm. those issues that were talked about, the two guys were talking about, I'm actually running into them of right course. now. And it's okay. Uh-huh. But I, it's kind of like I needed to see that scene today to feel okay because what Nate said was, was beautiful. I just yeah. live your life. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of the way he says is like, well, Tom, if you don't like something about it, then fucking change, change it. it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I also kind of feel though that Nate is on an unfair playing field because he got to experience. And again, I wouldn't want to experience this, but yeah, I, 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 this is probably going to come out really wrong. Nate got to experience at any moment he could die because he has this AVM going on. That's right. And he got to experience. When I say he got to experience, that sounds like I'm saying it's a positive. He got to experience losing his wife. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is he has a completely different perspective than most people would. He's right. gone through what some people will never go through or they won't go through until they're 80. Yeah, exactly. So he's sitting there with this guy. Because I bet you if that guy lost his wife or had it with AV and whatnot, I bet you he'd be a lot more like Nate. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? But So it's somewhat of an unfair, unfair playing field. But sometimes the message is positive and, and it's hurt. No, no, no. And like I said, and again, it's not like, it's like, what would you rather be? Having gone through that and have that perspective at 40 or yeah. still have your wife and yeah. still have be healthy? Like, and you, you know? can't just change everything on a whim either. That's the, that's the reality. Yeah. And listen, changing is the hardest thing. But it was nice what he said. I liked what Nate had yeah. said. And what we do for a living, you and I definitely, I'm sure, look so, at our things. So that's what I wanted to bring up too is Tom mentions that, you know, you have your job, so you rationalize all this stuff too. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with him because mm-hmm. I don't have a different perspective. I feel like I'd have the same perspective on my life as if I was an accountant, yeah. uh, whatever, a bank teller, anything. You not agree? Sometimes. I don't agree with everything on that. I do think that I look at things a little bit differently. Uh, uh, I, I have I, a little bit of a different perspective only because of the exposure that I've had. I guess I, I, I would like to think my, my job... As much for people who think like, oh my God, you see death every day. That must mm-hmm. be sad. Or you must have a different perspective on life. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I'm better with people. Yeah. You're but, definitely better at handling tra- trauma situations. Right. So but I'm saying is my, I feel like, um, t- let's not, let's take this podcast out of the equation. If I was sitting there talking with someone about life and where I am at 32, I feel like I'd still have the same perspective, whether I was accountant, a mechanic, anything than I was a funeral director. I really don't think yeah. my thing, my job changes it. Um, yeah, I just wanted to bring that part up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to close out the episode. It sounds like you have something to say here. Oh, that was it. 
That was it. Oh, that was it. And that okay. I'm happy. That you're happy. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, <laughs> let me write that down. Natalie Put is. Put it in your notes. Natalie. Oh, is. I liked what they had to say. I don't. I do. When you yeah. go home, do you? You obviously run into some of your old buddies, your high school friends. Right. Same thing. Yeah. Some of them are way more successful than me. Some of them are not. But you know oh. what? I'm just happy. Oh, here's the thing. Uh, I'm still. I'm still. And I don't. This is nothing against you. I'm still at the young age where even this really successful, my friends who are really successful, they're still happy. I feel like in the next five, six, seven, eight years or so, I guess like you know when we get yeah. when we approach your age, you're gonna no. I'm just saying yeah. you're gonna approach the people who are they have a lot of money, they have whatever, but are mm-hmm. miserable. Like yeah. we're still too young and we're still too like we're still experienced in the like oh my god look I have I just bought a house I just got married yeah. and little by little I th- you know. Um, but I mean, I, I whether whatever this says about me, I already know money doesn't equate happiness. It does not. That I feel like I learned at a young age, and um, this is getting too much like a life <laughs> podcast. I'm just telling you that you're right. It was something that I learned in my late 30s. Do not compare yourself to others and everybody's oh, story. That's why. Different. That's why social media is horrible. It's horrible. Horrible. It's horrible. Absolutely horrible. You know. Yes, you may have those Christian Louboutins, but you may have them on a credit card and you're paying 26 <laughs> Listen, interest rate. I'm going to say something <laughs> that is such, I mean, the problem that I make it sound like it sounds so ridiculous, but it equates to what we're saying. Our podcast. Mm-hmm. When I look back where I was a year ago with it and I was just like, man, I can't wait to, to get a hundred listens an episode, whatever. And... And I would look at other pod, you know, there's, there's message boards on Reddit and everything. You look at other podcasts, they're like, yeah, if we don't hit, you know, 5,000 listens in our first week, we kind of, you know, and it's like 5,000 listens. Right. And I'm sitting here like, oh my God. And I started feeling like shit. I was like, wait a second. Why I feel like shit. Like this is a podcast purely out of fun. We're not doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And now we're, we've grown to a point where we're getting way more than 100 listens a week no thank you everybody <laughs> but i'm just saying it's funny like you know i was last year and nothing changed really like you know 2018's our year okay so we, uh <laughs> and we're down, back down to 10 listens an episode <laughs> for negative 20 <laughs> and we're off the air our episode closed out with billy flushing his meds down the toilet and you know we talked about this already um yeah, it's just sort of, you know, everything's not as it seems. And and again, I had the whole idea of dancing for me, everyone doing something for themselves in my head. I just couldn't get to it. That being said, that brings us to the end of our episode. Is there anything else you'd like to say? You should play the dancing with my set elf I will song not. at the end. I'm going to play the Blondie song. Okay, that's all I got. <laughs> uh, we will be back next week to discuss episode three of season five titled Hold My Hand. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Fab Five Freddy told me everybody's fly. DJ spinning, I said, my, my. Flash is fast, flash is cool. Francois said, far, flash ain't no do. And you don't stop, shoot a shot. Go out to the parking lot and get it. Thank you for listening to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast. Listen to this and all episodes at diggingpodcast.com. Join us on the next episode as we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under. Please search and subscribe to us on iTunes under Digging Six Feet Under. Lincoln's to Mercury's and Subaru, and you don't stop, you keep 